0: Reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis. And I'll tell you why I chose this scripture after I read it and get into the message a little bit. Um, so we're clear back in Genesis in the days of Abraham. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. Uh, how many of you are awake this morning? Raise your hand. You don't have your hand up, sister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, I had to make sure. Okay, so I'm not going to make you stand this morning. You can sit if you, as long as you stay awake. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him, into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham... Abram actually called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. I skipped a line there, between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite, dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me, If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest into Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of memory, which is Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now have you stand for a prayer before I give you the message, if you're able. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God this morning. Lord, we thank you for our country. We thank you for the freedom that has been bought at such a high cost, the lives of many individuals having been given that we might enjoy what we enjoy today. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray, dear Lord, that we'll receive from the hand of God this morning, be strengthened and encouraged to press on for the good and for the right and to stand in the stead of those that have gone before us to do what we can do to see that this country remains one nation under God. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our time together and inspire our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Abraham, or Abram as he still was at this time, he hadn't received his new name, had been called of God. If you read in chapter 12, uh, you'll find that uh, God called Abram blessed him with the promise of inheriting the land and also the promised deliverer that was to come. That was the Christ. In him were all the nations of the earth to be blessed. And that is Christ. And we have Jesus for all people, don't we? Jesus isn't just for white people. Jesus isn't just for black people. Jesus isn't just for red people. Jesus is for all people. And he is a savior that does not show partiality to one above another. But all that seek him, he rewards them with his presence and his love in their lives. And so, uh, Ab- Abram is called to go out. Uh, he goes, but uh, it says that, uh, that he left the land of Canaan for a short time um, and went to Egypt. And uh, when he went to Egypt uh, there were some difficulties and problems, but he came back into the land of Canaan. So he comes, Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. So he's back where God called him and gave him the promises. Now the thing that attracted my attention to this is because it gives a description, not just of Abram and all his, all his possessions and all that Lot had. Lot was a beneficiary of being with Uncle Abram, wasn't he? Uh, he, he attained his wealth and riches because he was with Abram. Uh, and God blessed Lot also. Uh, so they have they have a lot of cattle. They had not only cattle, I'm sure, but uh, probably sheep. But it specifically mentions cattle. Uh, and so there's a clash, uh, the herdman of Lot uh, with the herdman of Abram. And must have been a massive amount of livestock. And uh, so there has to be a, a separation. And uh, the scripture tells us that Abram gave Lot the choice. It was really belonged to Abram, didn't it? He was the oldest. He was uncle. And so uh, he could say, Lot, you know, uh, you're going to have to do what I say because I'm older. Uh, I'm in charge. But he doesn't do that. You see how gracious Abram is. Uh, We are also told that that adding to this congestion in the land is the fact that the Canaanite and the Perizzite Perizzite, uh, dwelled then in the land. (coughs) So, we have not only Abram and Lot, we have other people that are populating the land. So it's not, it's not a land that's empty of anybody else. Um, we're told that uh, these people... <coughs> I'm going to start a cough drop here and see if this helps me, folks. That these people that dwelt in the land uh, were also a part of the consideration because some of them had control of some of the land also. And it was considered their land, not Abram's and Lot's, even though God had promised to give it to Abram eventually, but it had not happened yet. So God actually said that the iniquity of these people was not yet full. They they were building in their wickedness But it took 400 years for them to reach the point of God's judgment. They were 400 years, the Israelites, when they actually were slaves in Egypt. They were there for 400 years. So it was 400 years that God spared these people in Canaan, except for one location. And we'll look at that location. The Bible says... That when Lot was making his choice, uh, he he lifts up his eyes to the land. He doesn't lift up his eyes to God. He lifts up his eyes to the land. He looks at the land. He makes a choice on what he can see, what appeals to his intellect. That this is right, this is a good choice. I'm going to choose the best. The old man has given me this opportunity. Who cares about the old man? <laughs> I've got to choose the best for myself. He could have said, no, Uncle Abram. You know, I think you ought to have the first choice. But Abram, as it were, as it was, was throwing his full faith and confidence in God. To say, whatever, whatever Lot does, God's got his hand on me. God's going to work for his glory in my life. So look at this description. He he beheld all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So there's an exception. 400 years for the rest of them, but we know Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed within the lifetime of Abram because of their terrible wickedness, because of their homosexuality, because of their lawlessness, because of their greed. So this is is the picture before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I was there, folks. What I saw was not a nice place that you would say, oh, I would like to pasture my herds here. There's plenty of green grass, but that's what this says. He says, this is a well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. That refers to the paradise that God made for Adam and Eve. That was God's garden. And he says, it's like the land of Egypt as you come into Zor, Zoar. It was was a lovely place. Uh, And Lot made his choice based on that. So when we think about this, that area now is just burning sands. It's caves, it's hills. It's not green grass. It's not, you wouldn't think of anything there to take care of a herd. But at this time, it was lovely. But destruction came to these cities of the plain, and when when it actually happened, I don't know, but the whole area becomes... A burning desert and nothing there to attract you, uh, even the Dead Sea itself, uh, is a spectacle of the dryness about it. And so, Lot made his choice based on physical instincts, on physical vision on the appeal of what the land had to offer. Abram trusted the Lord. Our country folks today is in trouble because many people are just living by what appeals to the instincts, to the sight, to pleasures, with not consideration of the fact, without taking consideration of the fact that we have been blessed by God with the land that we have. And so, we do these things and we say, we can do this, we we have law enforcement. Uh, We have laws that will protect us. But today, a lot of those laws are being flaunted, aren't they? People that are arrested are put in jail with a bail and somebody that has put them up to the mischief pays their bail and gets them right back on the street again. And it makes you thank God that we live in a rural area where we haven't been plagued with some of those things. But I heard a thing come across the radio where they were saying you need to go out into the rural areas to where these people stand for this that has gone on by these justices and you need to punish them you need to start burning down some of their buildings you need to start letting them know the fear that can come to them they're not safe just because they're in the country uh, this put out and saying Uh, somebody needs to organize that and get a group of people to do that Uh, well I hope that doesn't happen but we know we could see an outbreak of violence but I think maybe in the country there might be some other things to contend with that the city does not have at their disposal I think maybe we have a few more rednecks in the country that would stand up for our country, for our possessions, for our families. Um, and so I hope that's so. But we never know what we're gonna be faced with. We know that, uh, did you see in the paper where uh, the superintendent of schools went to city council and asked for police to be in all the elementary schools? I think they should be in high school too. <laughs> but in all the elementary schools, because uh, she sees the danger and the threat of coming into our schools locally. So, yeah, we don't have enough police to police all the wickedness and all the error, and there's always the stirring and the fomenting of anger and people going off on what they think is a mission that is going to improve things when really uh, it brings lawlessness and, and uh, more trouble into the country. This song, why did, why did I look at this song? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. First I want to tell you this. Lot, Lot made his choice based on physical sight and instincts. But the scripture tells us when Abram came back into the land that God had promised him, look in verse 2 again. It says, He went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, into, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Look over in chapter 12 and verse 8. And it says, He removed them thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai, or we say Ai, on the east. And there he built an altar. Abram had built an altar to God. Prior to going to Egypt, he comes back to that altar. He comes back to his devotion there. He reestablishes himself with the worship of God. Later on, we know that Jacob is going to have an encounter with the Lord there, an offspring of Abram. And Bethel literally means the house of God. And so Abram was calling upon the Lord and seeking the Lord. And then after all this, after all these decisions were made, look at the end of chapter 13. And you'll see what Abram does. It says that he built an altar uh, uh, here at the end of all this. Abram removed his Kent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Abram continues to seek the Lord. And folks, with all we can vote, we know we hear a lot about elections coming up in the fall, and we hear about, you know, getting good people in and so forth the best thing we can do is seek the Lord and seek his guidance and his direction in our lives. Yes, we need to support good people. We need to stand behind people that are standing for righteousness, but we need to be people of God. We don't respond the same way the world does. We know that our peace and prosperity is rooted in our faith in God. And that's why as I was preparing this message the Lord brought this song to my heart. You know it's funny how some things come together in, in as I'm preparing and piecemeal things. I, this scripture came to mind about this beautiful area uh, that as you come into Zor or This beautiful area and I thought that's a picture of America, a beautiful land that God has blessed. Now we know that judgment has come and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah at this time, going back to the story, suffered judgment 400 years before the rest of them did. They, their land was scorched. We have been blessed with beautiful America. We have been blessed with freedom. We have been blessed with adequate resources that we could could live in in a much better way than what we are today. All this God has blessed us with. But many people do not see that. They do not acknowledge that God has given us this and instead they go about to tear down to destroy all the foundations of our country try to destroy our national heroes that have stood for right in this country people you know like George Washington Abraham Lincoln those were names that I learned very early in my education of what good men these were and what, how valiant they were and the choices they made, as well as others that make, made up the foundation of what we live today in America. So what about this song? It was written by a man, S.F. Smith, which is Samuel Francis Smith. I didn't know that prior to the Star Spangled Banner being made our national anthem that this was considered our national anthem. And it wasn't it didn't go by the title of my country, tis of thee. It went by the title of America. America. A man that was a 24 24-year-old Baptist seminary student from Massachusetts or in Massachusetts was the one that wrote this. Samuel Francis Smith. Uh, And so if if you talked about a national anthem, you would be thinking about America or my country tis of thee. We think of another song now when we say America. We think of America the beautiful, don't we? But this was what was considered, along with maybe another or two, I don't know the number, but there were some others that were very popular. But this speaks for a 100 years to our country about what our country is and what our freedoms are. So, You'll notice that every line acknowledges God and his work and his role. My country tis of thee. What what does that mean? Well, I skip to the last line because I believe that Samuel Francis Smith is referring to God. My country, I have my country because of you. My country is what it is today because of you. My country is of you. You are the one that has established it. And he goes on to celebrate what God has done, that it's a sweet land of liberty. Uh, He talks about the sacrifice that was made in line one. Uh, He talks about the pilgrims. Uh, and, And then he says... He just seems to be so full of what God has done God's blessings. He he says, uh, let's go to the mountains and let freedom ring everywhere. Let freedom ring. God has given us this great country. Then he goes on line two and he says, my native country thee. This is is where I was born. Uh, It's... It's the land of the noble, the noble free. Thy name I love. I love the name of my country. I love thy rocks and rills, thy woods and templed hills. My heart with rapture thrills. How, how great is my praise. He's back to the heavens again. Like that above. Like that above the songs of the angelic choruses. That is how I feel that I want to praise God and thank him as my heart burst forth in praise for what God has done. He says in line three, let music swell the breeze and ring from all the trees, sweet freedom song. Let mortal tongues awake. Right now, he's taken us to the fact that we're not here forever. We're not here forever. Let mortal tongues awake. We're headed for immortality, but we're not immortal. Death awaits us. But while we're alive, let our tongue be active in praising let all that breathe. There we have a reference again to our temporal being. How about let rocks their silence breaks break? <clears throat> Does that make you think of what Jesus said? If the children held their, plea, their peace, the rocks would cry out? Looks like a reference to that to me. Let rocks their silence break. The sound prolong. Let's keep this going. This praise to God for what he's given us. For his glory. For his goodness to us. And then the last line. Our Father's God. There we have God's name mentioned. Our Father's God to thee. You are the author of our liberty. You're the one that has caused this to happen and enabled this to take place. To thee we sing. We're singing this to you. We're praising you for what you've done. Long may our land be bright, with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy thy might, great God, our King. My simple message this morning is that we need to have God back as our king and our leader, that we're paying due reverence to him and praising him for who he is. No, that's not the mindset of our world today. There are those that flaunt their disobedience and mock God and dare God to do anything about it. My dear friends, I hope God doesn't take them up on their challenge, because it doesn't take all the mighty power of God to shut down the mockers, the scoffers, and the troublemakers. Just one word from him, Martin Luther said, is all it takes. They say that the... uh, I don't know that this is a true story, but they say the mocker was standing out, challenging God. If there is a God, let him strike me with lightning. I challenge him to do it. Over and over again. Challenge to God. Let, Let the people hear it. I'm not afraid of God. If there is a God... Let him show his power. But nothing happened. No big fireworks to take care of that atheist, that challenger of God's power and authority. But he stepped down from his whatever rock or whatever he was on, and they said, as he took his breath, he sucked the gnat into his windpipe and choked to death. Like I say, I can't verify that, but the story is very poignant. It is, it doesn't take a big lightning strike or a big storm to do away with God's adversaries. Just, just a little gnat can shut down all of our abilities and all of our powers Yes, Abram sought the Lord. Abram stayed in contact with the Lord. We need to do that. We need to pray more than ever. I like it when there's good people that are, that are standing forth. I'm not smart enough to do what some of them do. But I'm glad that there, there are some good people. And I have confidence. I don't think all politicians are garbage that that they're all evil people i think there's some very good people There's some ministers actually that have felt called to go into various areas of government i hear some of the speeches of people uh, black and white and otherwise now i don't want people in my government that are muslim you can disagree with me on that if you want I think we need people that are loyal to our Constitution, that are not representing another interest to say that this is what we represent or stand for. And so yes, I look at what people believe and some of them that say they're Christians are not Christians by any stretch of the imagination. But there are some good people and we ought to support them We ought to do all we can do to make our union as strong as possible and to realize as we come down to the last days that there's going to be more and more challenges. There's going to be more and more attempts to take away what our founding fathers have established and what many of them gave their lives and their sacred fortunes to obtain us. So may God help us. A simple message this morning, but I hope it inspires your heart as it did the heart of Samuel Francis Smith when he wrote America or my country tis of thee. To God be the glory. Will you stand with me?